apparently tweeted at the time, quote, the team that drafts Deron Carter will get the most lazy, whiny, and non-work ethic player the NFL has ever seen. I played with him, horrible person, and will be a complete cancer to any team on the board. You know what was the guy? What was the guy's name? Caden Cochran. Caden's a hater. One. Here we go, everybody. They always say the Canadian Football League. You know, people really don't. It doesn't really matter until Labor Day. Well, guess what, people? Mark's Labor Day weekend is here. It's happening. Here we go, yo. Here we go, yo. So what, so what, so what's that scenario? Oh, that's how you kick off a podcast when we're talking the waggle, when you throw in a little old school hip hop. That's Davis Sanchez. I'm James Sabalski. Welcome to the waggle, everybody, talking all things Canadian Football League. And remember, the waggle is brought to you by Sport Clips, Chessy. Chessy, this is the time. If there was ever a time of the season or the calendar to go visit Sport Clips to get fresh, this is the time because over the next few weeks, it's all happening, man. When you talk about being able to get your hair cut and watch sports on TV, this is the place to be. This is the time of the year, my friend, for those hot steam towels massaging shampoos when you're going for the sanchez special you know the mvp haircut experience oh that's that that is the hot towels that is the uh you know that's the vip treatment that's the uh and there is a promotion i believe going on james where uh where you can get uh, that vip treatment for free 99 free 99 i like the sound of that by simply visiting cfl.ca slash the waggle uh you can redeem a coupon for first-time customers to go see just how awesome it is for yourself that free mvp haircut experience as you know football's happening here it's crunch time now in the cfl you've got oh that other giant league ready to kick off in the national football league any day now as well so boy if there was ever a time you got hockey ramping up just around the corner it's crunch time in major league baseball as well and sport clips brings the heat on those big screens sport clips visit the nearest sport clips uh by checking out the one closest to you at sport clips .ca. Oh boy, Chez, you know, when we caught up and, and I got to first off say nice job with you and Milt last week. I know you tried to find all that dirt, but you know what? I'm Teflon, buddy. You see that? Milt had nothing, had nothing or just yeah, speaks to, or just speaks to how hollow our relationship has been for the last 10, 12, 12 years. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Extra thanks again to, to Milt for, for joining us last week. He was, he was great and uh, we had, we had some fun, but uh we did also miss you, and I'm glad you're back. How was your vacay? It was uh, it was great. You know what? I, I I would just say I was in the interior of British Columbia last week in the Caribou region and uh, just outside of Williams Lake. You know, the fires, uh, it was really smoky up there by the time we left, and, you know, that was kind of an area that was really hard hit last year in the wake of all those BC wildfires. Um, you know, it's not hitting them as much this year, despite a lot of the smoke, but man, you really kind of see the impact and the devastation for what people have lost. And there's a lot of good people that are still kind of in the thick of it right now up in Northern British Columbia. You got all those firefighters in the front lines. So I just want to say a quick tip of the cap 
to all the first responders, the firefighters, and for all the great Canadians, because you know there's a lot of great passionate CFL fans as well uh, that are being impacted like this. You know, we saw in Edmonton just a couple of weeks ago, you know, the weather conditions, uh, the air quality, that was a huge impact. They thought about maybe even canceling the game uh, against Montreal. Uh, so just, you know what, we're thinking of all of you right now at a time that uh, the province of British Columbia and the West Coast is still in a state of emergency. So uh, it was a good time, Chez, but you know what, a, re a reminder that there's some good people that need some help still right now here in the Lake well, Owens of well, summer. So Well said. Uh, man, we talked the first time you and I catch up, and the first thing you said to me was, man, we got some stuff to talk about. There is uh, yeah. no shortage of issues and uh, things to get down to. Uh, so why don't we just dive in and, and you know, the, the one of the gifts that keep on giving and uh, look no further than Deron Carter, who lands with the Argos. Uh, I, I love, I love the uh, comment uh, on the uh, CFL IG post uh, at the beginning of the week uh, coming from one Davis Sanchez that simply is quoted saying it's a fit. Like you are a word. I hope you got more to offer than just three words. It's a fit. You know, man, you talk about maximizing. Talk about maximizing your uh, your words. Uh, your words there, or maybe they just really took a snippet of your quote. But uh, why is it a fit? Why is it a fit that Deron Carter is Deron Carter is a Toronto Argonaut, buddy? Oh, because Deron knows, and and uh, I'll throw it out here again. It was uh, there was a bit a lot said, and I'll, I'll go into his uh, interview the other day at his uh, his presser, which I which was was great as well. It was a, it was good information. It was a, some things that uh, you kind of assumed were going to be at front and center when when you're pairing Mark Trestman and, and Deron Carter. That uh, certain things would have to be set ahead of time, and and looks as though they have been. I thought that I thought that Dave Naylor hit it on the head when uh, when he said that yes, we know you know the, the Argos know what they're getting with Deron Carter, but more importantly. This is the key, and this is after watching the pressure, this is what it's all about, is that Deron Carter understands what he's walking into when he walks into that Argos locker room and that organization. That's the one thing that is the biggest, the, the, clear, the clearest message to me, is that it's not, Mark Tressman said, there's no special treatment. It's not changing how we run things, and Deron knows that. And that was a quote from Coach Tressman, because we've heard before that, hey, you know, it's things a little bit different for Duran. Duran gets a little bit of special treatment, which I've always said, and I've been in a lot of rooms. Guys are not treated the same in a professional football locker room and team. It's not guys aren't aren't the same. It's just that's just the way it is. But you're all treated fairly. And Mark Tressman has said, no, uh, there's no special treatment. He's going to come and do things the way everyone else does them. He's no different than and he named a couple of new players. He's no different than any of those guys. And it is what it is. I thought that was telling, uh, and Duran said that uh, you know he's he understands it and he's ready for it, so uh, it's good. And he's not going to play for a month. He won't play for the first two Labor Day games uh, for sure, and then they have a bye week. So then that puts him uh, almost a month before he'll play. That gives that shows me that they're going to let him fit in, let him earn his keep, let him earn the respect of his teammates, earn uh, the respect of his coaching staff and the trust, and then they'll put him out in the field. So that's a that's a long time to not play and, and practice before you get a chance to get on the field. So yeah, then, have to show a lot. So you, you based based on what you're just saying, uh, it looks like September 22nd against 
wait for it. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders could be the uh, wow. the first game he could be seeing. So we're talking wow. three and a half. We're talking three and a half weeks away still from, uh, like you suggest, the most likely scenario that he plays. You know, it was it was funny listening to him talk to reporters uh, after the news that he had signed, and somebody asking about you know does this change you as a player or change your perspective, and you know his comment which. I liked the honesty to it. Uh, I think we're all kind of wait and see whether he buys into what he's what he's saying and selling. But it was his comment saying, you know, when you're fired from a job, you definitely have a different appreciation and have to look at at what you've been doing when you get fired. And so the fact that he kind of alluded to calling himself uh, an employee who was who was turfed. Um, yeah, I think he probably recognizes that he's got to, you know, eat some of this. And look, I, I, from a pure football standpoint, Ches, this is when you add one of the most dynamic playmakers to one of the brightest offensive minds on the sidelines that the CFL has ever seen. Um, how is this not a good fit, right? Like, how is this not a good fit in from a pure football standpoint? When you take a guy like Mark Trestman and you give him a weapon like Deron Carter, uh, I love that. I, I, you know, from that standpoint, what a compliment to a guy like S.J. Green. But you know, here's a guy who's used up how many lifelines now in the last couple of seasons. You know, for Deron Carter, he goes into a scenario where you've got the defending Grey Cup champion, so it's a room with experience. I think there's still a lot of veteran leadership. It might be a little fragile right now, just based on the season that they're having. Uh, a guy like Ricky Ray, obviously, out as well. But I think that there's still enough veteran guys who can police Deron Carter. I guess the key is, you know, to use the quote that we love to use here on the Waggle, inspired by one uh, LeVar Ball, stay in your lane. Can he stay in his lane in Toronto, I think the infrastructure is there, but you know, uh, history has said that he can't. But I do think the infrastructure James, is there to be able to police it. Eight teams in ten years since high, <laughs> since he left high school, he's played on eight different teams in the last ten years. Uh, Mark Tressman said uh, the other day he asked Duran why it hasn't worked. The quote was, it hasn't worked anywhere you've been, Duran. Why is it going to be any different here? And Mark Tressman said, I didn't ask him to answer that question. I just asked him that question. And so I think he just left it for him to think about that. And one of the things that I had written down from his release in Montreal, uh, he said, uh, hey, I'm, uh, I'm not going to change. Uh, I am who I am. And... Uh, there's something to that, and that's not a that's not a quote. Now he said something to do with uh, something to do with. Uh, are you going to take a learning? They asked him if he's going to learn. If there's a learning experience, or do you learn anything from that? And uh, his his response was, "I wouldn't do anything differently." That's what it was. Would you do anything differently next time? And he said, "No, I wouldn't. There's nothing I would do differently." And so that to me was uh, a little bit of alarm bell going off to say, "Hey, at that point he'd been on what." So in, in seven years he'd been on, or in six years he'd been on uh, six different teams, whatever it is, right? 
So at that point, you got to look at that and say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, something, I'm not doing something right. Or I got to figure out something, and he didn't. This time, it's different. This time, like you said, he says, uh, when you get fired from a job, you got to look at it. So I, I feel like this is, uh, this, is, this is different now. It seems like he's uh, kind of understood. And if he's willing to walk into this, this locker room and, and, and uh, you know, be under the structure that, uh, that the Argos are going to have, you know, he's willing to compromise and sacrifice and fit in. So should be, it should be different, but we'll see. Well, you know, you go back, if you look on, you know, and not to say that Wikipedia is the be-all, end-all, but there is a comment uh, under his college career. Uh, and when you look at his college career, I mean, he's got more schools than I think years of eligibility, right? Ohio State. Uh, Coffeeville Community College uh, in Kansas, Alabama, Florida Atlantic. But, you know, the comment for when he was playing at the junior college school, um, his his quarterback, uh, a guy named Caden Cochran, apparently tweeted at the time, four years ago, quote, the team that drafts Deron Carter will get the most lazy, whiny, and non-work ethic player the NFL has ever seen. I played with him, horrible person, and will be a complete cancer to any team on the board. You know what was the guy? What was the guy's name? Caden Cochran. Caden's a hater. Caden is hey, a hater, hey, but you Kaden. know. But hey, Caden, don't go posting stuff on don't go posting stuff on the bottom of people's pages, you you hater. <laughs> Kaden, now, hey, Caden, how far did you make in your career, Caden? You bum. But you know, but but Caden, if you're listening, we think you're a bum. If you're listening, Caden, <laughs> I think you're a bum for for posting that. I think you're a bum. But this is but this is four years ago, right? This is this is 2014. This was his, this was a teammate of his, but a guy who who had, you know, declared academically ineligible at Ohio State, uh, you know, left, had to leave Alabama, um, transferred to Florida, Florida Atlantic, you know, cut by the Alouettes. Like, you know, it's just, it's the history. Uh, the Colts, this is something that you alluded to. It's, it's the list of teams, you know, where it's, you know, it's the old Bart Simpson, I didn't do it, right? The old Bart Simpson comment, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Um, you know, I, I was I was a knucklehead at times as a kid. And, you know, as, there's a certain point where you kind of at least, you know, you try to plead innocent when you're younger. And then eventually you kind of recognize when you when you kind of have to own it. Yeah. Um, yep. You know, again, we talked about this a few weeks ago. And, boy, if there was ever a coach that seemed to be a good fit for Deron Carter or a guy that wanted Deron to, to succeed, it, it seemed to be Chris Jones, and, and it didn't click. So, you know, see if it changes under Mark Tressman. And it's, it's you know, Mark Tressman asking him that question, and like you said, not, at, not necessarily looking for a response, but it's just like, hey, man, like, all right, prove – basically that's a prove me wrong because – Everything that you've done here has left a path of destruction. So why is this going to be different? Like, it's almost like a shrug your shoulders that, you know, okay, well, we'll see. We'll see. I'm skeptical, and this probably wasn't my call based on the way it sounds like. What When Mark, when Mark Trustman's putting that out there, it's like, okay, well, we'll see. You know, I got, I, I'm pretty skeptical. We'll see what you got, but... Um, but again, if, if he buys in, 
if he if if you get good to run here uh man you got one of the best playmakers in the cfl i mean i think he needs to show that again because these last few months have, have been anything but but if this if this buys in boy what a complimentary piece for an offense that desperately needs a guy like that Chez. like here's the root of it the argos offense has been has been one of the lowest scoring in the cfl just averaging 18 points scored so far per game this season like that's not very good. And that's a big reason why the defending great cup champs have struggled this year. I mean, defensively they've given up a lot of points too, but this is a team that has just 13 pass completions for over 30 plus yards this year. They need a home run threat. They need some big plays and Deron Carter, if he's got his head screwed on straight, he can provide that. Agreed. Going from there. Look, there's some, some bad news as well this week and, and look no further than when, you know, I love the fact that Deron Carter's back in the CFL in the sense that, you know, it's a personality that the league embraces and needs more of. And I think that's one thing we've always been on the same page with Chez, the way he interacts with fans. Uh, conversely, another guy who is a, a similar personality, not quite as polarizing as, say, Deron, but Manny Arsenault and the news coming down this week that he suffered a torn ACL in his right knee during the team's loss to uh, Saskatchewan uh, back over the weekend. He's done for the year. Um, he had an ACL tear two years ago in the same knee. And, uh, you know, last year wasn't the, wasn't the Manny show that we had grown to love. Um, you know, boy, to have this happen again, you do wonder where this kind of puts his career and in terms of where he's at, but I, you know what, I'll be honest with you. You know, I think back to that game a couple of weeks ago between the Lions and the Argos, and he tried to make that punt when he was on the move. I thought he nearly blew his knee out right then and there at the end of the game a couple of weeks ago, but uh, this sucks. Uh, you know, no way to put it, but uh, boy, a tough blow for the Lions who are suddenly reeling just when it looked like they were starting to turn things around. Uh, this team is absolutely reeling and to lose Manny Arsenault, but I think the bigger story is what the uh, the pipe bomb of that Wally Buono dropped. Uh, the quote on the media after the costly loss, which I think that was the season for the Lions. Uh, I, it's hard to see them recovering based on the teams that they've got to try to catch in the West. That was their season last Saturday at BC Place. But for Wally Buono to basically say, quote, when you can't make plays, you must not have the right guys, right? I'll sit down with Ed. We'll go through it. Uh, a lot of people thought that that was a comment throwing Ed Hervey under the bus. I didn't see it that way. How'd you, how did you see it? I saw it in the sense that Wally Buono's been the general manager in BC for the better part of the last 15 years. Ed Hervey's come in and he's tried to make personnel decisions, but you know you can retool uh, a team a fair amount over the course of an offseason, but you know, there's only so much that Ed Hervey can do. So he's brought in players. I, I think, honestly, more than anything, the way that people have kind of interpret this as a shot at Ed Hervey, I think it's just as much a shot at Wally Buono. And Wally brought in a lot of these guys too. Probably more players have been brought in by Wally Buono on this roster than Ed Hervey or at least key personnel. I think it's just legitimately, you know what? This is on the players. We don't have good enough players. When you lose games like you have over the last few weeks that have ultimately cost you, last week, agree or disagree, 
last week against Saskatchewan. Winnable game for BC the way it ended? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Week week before that against the Argos, yeah. winnable yeah. game? They, they should have they won that game, yeah. Uh-huh. And then the Ottawa Red Blacks would go back about a month ago, game that got away. Would you agree? The Lions yeah, they, could they, easily be 6-3 yeah. and three instead of 3-6. and six. But good teams find ways to win. Bad teams find ways to lose. It's the oldest cliche in football, and that is true right now for the BC Lions. Nope, they've, uh, they, haven't, they haven't finished, that, that's for sure. It's, so the, the quote from Wally, it kind of go, can go in the same – I put it in the same, same, same box as, as the, Matt Nichol, the Matt Nichols situation. Mm. And it's that uh, – it's – I don't necessarily think that Wally. Uh, I don't not. Uh, Wally's not calling out the the GM. He's not calling out Ed. For, uh, I don't. I don't think that was the intent. I think it's simply that hey, hey, we don't have good enough players right now, and I'm going to talk to Ed, and and so me and Ed are going to sit down and see where we can improve and work together and find find a solution to this. That's what I. I that's how I see it as. But I could see how it can be interpreted because you're, if you're the head coach. And you're saying that our our players aren't good enough, and that's why we're not winning. You're you're not putting any any blame on yourself. You're you're saying, hey, I'm 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 coaching. I'm doing a good job coaching. My players just aren't good enough. And from that, uh, you know, from the way that sounds, I don't love the way that sounds because now you're, uh, you know, you're not you're not taking responsibility for for your your own uh, your own actions or your part in this. And that's that. And I, I know Wally is not, you know, certain that Wally is not uh, meaning to come across like that. But if you read that, that's what it sounds like. Hey, I got, I'm doing my job, but uh, the players aren't good enough. I'm a great coach, but the players aren't good enough. That's kind of what it reads. I know he doesn't mean that way. And then, you know, to move, move forward to the, and like you said, a lot of those guys are Ed's guys. A lot of them are Wally's guys. It's a mix. So if he's saying the players aren't good enough, that's, you know, I, I think that's, you also probably shouldn't say that either because the person that's ultimately responsible for the roster and the players is, is Ed. So, yes, like what you're, to what you're saying, Ed is – some of these guys are Wally's guys, but Ed had that, would have had the option to either cut these guys and bring in new guys or keep these guys. So it's still – even though they're Wally's guys, it's, it's, on Ed, it's Ed's job to build the roster. Now, he's only had six months to do it, so you can't expect – you know, he's not going to be able to have all his guys in six months, but it's still his roster. So the head coach can't say that. The head coach can't shouldn't say that while he, you know, will get a pass from. Well, what are they going to do, from, fire him? No, but I know. No, of course not. It's not <laughs> what and he, and what are the chances of Wally being fired before the end of this season? Z- zero. And he has enough. <laughs> he's earned enough credit to, to say something like that and ha- yes. not have us jump all over his, his butt, you know. But I, I think I, mean, I don't maybe even him, if you, you talk to him, he's pretty pretty honest and candid. I think, you know, I asked him, maybe even he would uh, wish it came out a different way uh, than how, how it was said or how it sounds like. And then to, to go to the, uh, to go over to the, the Matt Nichols situation is, is similar in regards to, you know, Matt Nichols has said things two weeks in a row that uh, just don't, just don't look right. And they don't, they don't sound right. And do I think, you know that he was. We had a, this has been obviously a hot topic, and it was on the on the panel. It was a big conversation, and and Milton and Matt were pretty strong or very strong with their opinion on on this, and and I had my opinion on it as well. It, it's it's just you can't say you can't say that your receivers you were going to your fourth and fifth reads with your receivers, 
and nobody was open. Now, I watched the film, and he's right. He was getting to his fourth and fifth read from his receivers, and guys weren't open. And it, but it's because they were, uh, they were sending five receivers out, and there were seven guys in coverage or eight in coverage, and they were sending five out. Like they, had, they were rushing four. The Stamps were rushing four all night long and, and getting there with four, able to drop a ton of guys. So Matt, he's not totally – he's not wrong there. It, the guys were covered. I've watched it carefully a couple times. He's, he's right. But he missed some throws. And when you're the quarterback and you're the highest paid guy on the team and you're, um, you know, you're the leader of that team, you get all the praise when you win and you're the big man on campus, you have to stand up and, 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 and acknowledge the fact that you missed some throws and you didn't make some plays. It's because it's going to sound, when you say you got to your fourth and fifth read and no one's open, regardless of what you meant, that's, that's saying that you got there and their, their DBs did a better job of covering than your guys did of getting open. Or if you, another, another way, you're calling out Paul LaPolice by saying, well, saying that the, the plays we ran, uh, they did a better job of, of, of scheming us and they had guys, uh, they had coverage on everything we try to run. So either way, you're calling out somebody. And I don't think he did it on purpose, but he did. And one thing he did, so he's not doing it on purpose to call out his guys. But one thing he is doing is he's not, or one thing he's not doing is taking responsibility. Accepting, he missed accepting a, a, responsibility, a, yeah. A perfect example, a perfect example, and nobody can argue this, is in the presser. and Because they, they've been, you know, they're, they're upset with, you know, I think the people in Winnipeg are upset with some of the comments that, was made, that have been made about, about yeah. Matt in this situation. The one thing you could look at is he says he's talking about a ball to Darvin Adams, uh, or Darvin Adams a pass that a DB. He said his comment was the DB made a good play on the ball. So he said that he said the guys aren't open, and then on this particular play, he says a DB made a good play. Well, turn back on the film. I've watched the play nine times. He underthrows Darvin Adams by five yards, and Darvin has to slow down, stop, and then the DB makes a play. If Matt throws that ball, an accurate ball. Darvin Adams walks in, walks in for a touchdown. I want my leader, my starting quarterback, to stand up and say, I missed that throw. If I throw, that, if I throw an accurate ball there, Darvin scores. That's on me. Like that, why are you not saying that? There's a reason why he's not saying that. And he's not saying because he doesn't want to. It, it, to me, it looks like he doesn't, uh, he's not willing right now to, to, to stand up and, and, and take responsibility for that. And well, does this not does this not speak to what we joked about years you know for for years on this show where and you can find some of these in our archived episodes and iTunes where the DB that points the DB that points after getting burned right is this not almost the yeah. same thing no because he's not well he's not so he's not blaming anybody else on this he's just not he's he's deflecting it's I guess it's similar but I just to me, anybody who is, and I, I do think that he, he's kind of uh, in, in some ways gotten, it's get, been a bit blown out of proportion a little bit. I also think he sh shouldn't have said the things he said. And it's going it, to, you're going to get these, when you say those things, you're going to get, people are going to talk about it. When you say it hurts your feelings when the crowd booed, we're going to talk about it. Like, do I agree that it probably wasn't fair, you know, that they booed? Sure. I don't think it's necessarily, you know, I think Matt Nichols gives his heart to the team and I think he's, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's a competitor and all those things. And, but who cares? Like they boo, big deal. It's part of the deal. Like that's what you sign up for big fella. Like it is what it is. Then be better. And, then, then be and, better. And, and, sure, sure. Yeah. Who cares? And, and, but the point of, of the, really the point of the, 
you can't argue with, you can debate all you want whether he was trying to, if, we're, you know, if he's throwing the receivers under the bus or if he's, if he's not taking response. Whatever it is, you can debate all you want. You cannot argue that or debate. So anyone who want to take sides on this, you cannot debate or argue. He underthrew Darvin Adams by five yards on that play. And if he throws up a good ball, it's a touchdown. And when, at, when talking about the play, he says the DB made a good play. Well, no, you made a bad throw. But big deal. Who cares if you made a bad throw? I, you make plenty. We all make bad plays. That's, but the fact that he doesn't do that. And when they turn the film on and watch the game, the team together, and he's sitting there saying that nobody's open, that's saying if it's man coverage that they're covering and they're better than you and they're, they're getting the job done, DBs are locking you up. Or if it's zone or whatever else you might be playing, combinations or zones, then they're saying that they had a better call than we had. So someone's, someone's losing here. And when they watch the film, if they see guys who are open, the guys in the room are going to be looking around at each other like, look at this. There's a guy. You know, they're going to be looking around. They're not going to say anything in the meeting room, but they're going to be looking around at each other wondering what the heck because they see guys open because there's going to be guys open. But there wasn't a lot. I will say that. But when they see the underthrow, they're going to underthrow a ball in what should have been a touchdown. It could have been game-changing. They're going to, you know, Matt Nichols at this point would probably and hopefully stand up and say, ah, shoot, that's a bad, that's me. That's a bad, I missed a throw there. And, and probably should come out and say it. Who cares? And that's, the, that's my issue there. And that's for anybody who's being sensitive about, about uh, you know, him or what's been said about Matt. I think that's, um, you know, he, he's on his own on this one. And that's where he needs to take responsibility. And I think the best leaders and the best quarterbacks and those guys will be happy to put their hand up and say, that's on me. I didn't, I didn't make enough plays, and I missed that play, and I haven't seen that. And, he, and not to mention, there was a horrible interception in the fourth quarter that led to a touchdown as well. I mean, there's, there's one that, you know, you, you've got to accept. You know, there was a friend of the show here on the Waggle, Jeff Hamilton, uh, who covers the Bombers regularly for Hammer. Winnipeg Free Press. You know, just to paraphrase something Jeff wrote the other day, and just some of these numbers here with Matt Nichols this year, has yet to record a 300-yard passing game this season. And since coming back in week four from his knee injury, which I think, you know, hey, it was admirable. He came back a lot faster than I, you and I both thought. He's got 10 touchdowns in seven games, and he's got seven interceptions. For a guy who's trying to vie into being the elite quarterback and trying to get into the discussion for the with the Rileys and the Bo Levi's, that's not good enough. Like the the reality is this with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. They are one of the two biggest disappointments in the CFL this season. The defending Grey Cup champion Argos are the other. And this was a team that you and I loved the depth going into the season that the Bombers had. There was so much to like, and they're a, they are a 500 football team past the midway point of the 2018 season. They're a 500 football team. Like how big is this weekend showdown with Sask? And when I go back to Matt Nichols and Matt Nichols has tried to change the narrative of what Matt Nichols is as a quarterback and the perception. And a few years ago, it was about trying to change the perception that he is simply a game manager. And I remember how defensive he was about that and how he was, he didn't like that sort of comment. And he's been trying to change that. Um, 
But you know what? At some point in time, Matt Nichols needs to go out and win a game and win a big game at that. We haven't seen that in the playoffs yet from Matt Nichols. We haven't seen him go and do that against Calgary yet. And there was another, you know, we saw there was a game of the year sort of candidate last year, a great one between Calgary and Winnipeg. And it went back and forth and it was outstanding. But that was, again, that was Calgary pulling that out. You know, you want to see, there was a game this past weekend that they play the Stamps. And that was a game that was well within reach. That was well within reach. But at some point in time, Matt Nichols needs to go out and win a big game. And when you look at this and the body of work for the better part of the last three seasons, he's paid to be that guy. And I don't know if he's delivered in those big games. He hasn't shown to be a big game quarterback to where like at some point in time, you want to see that next step and not to say that it's all on him. Look, he came back. He played hurt last year in the playoffs. You know, they lost a heartbreaker in 2016 to the lions uh, with the missed field goal. And, and, you know, that's a whole other can of worms that Mike O'Shea decided not to let his quarterback go for it on third and four and rather tried to, to kick an 89 yard field goal at BC <laughs> play stadium. But like, At some point in time, like you said, I think accountability, Matt Nichols has to look at himself and say, you know what? I need to show people that I can do this because right now the body of work hasn't shown that he can be. And that's why the conversations about Chris Streveler, I think they're more than valid. And I think this guy, this guy here, Chez, might have suggested it a month ago. And you said I might have fallen and bumped my head. That is a fact. I will, I will say that I, there's more people on there's more people on team team Streveler and team Sabalski. Now I still think it's it's a crazy <laughs> conversation because uh, the reality is Chris Chris Streveler and as good as he may be, and I would give him I would I would do this. I would allow if it continues. I would allow him uh, a few series. I would rotate him in once in a while and give him maybe a series a quarter and see what he does with it. I, I would do that because he's. Th- no, I mean, there it is what it is. But remember, he had three starts. He was averaging he's averaging a buck, a buck seventy or a buck sixty-seven, I believe it was, passing in the two games. And the one game he started three games. The one game was against Montreal where he lit them up, which they were struggling and had, you know, a whole new secondary out there. And fair enough, he, he played well, very well for uh, a young guy. But the other two games that he started, he averaged a buck seventy passing. So it wasn't like he tore the league up, but. Uh, I would I would give him some Matt Nichols would still be my starter. I would just try to find ways to uh, I would exhaust all options on trying to get Matt going. And uh, once I felt like I'd done that, then I would look at the conversation. I don't think we're at that point yet. But yeah, uh, and, but you, you're right. There's more. There's a lot of people who are, who feel like the way you do, and and that uh, he he deserves an opportunity. And and uh, so yeah, that. Uh, it is what it is. Well, it's just, you know, there's a certain point, and, you know, we've had a lot of praise on this show for guys like Mike O'Shea and Kyle Walters. But, you know, if if, if the Bombers swing and miss again this year, like at what point, you know, you, you and Milt had a great discussion last week on how the Bombers, how the Bombers could benefit from having a guy like Deron Carter into that into that mix, right? Like there's something to be said about having trying to shake it up. And I understand we both thought, well, you know, they would never go for it, but when you're a 500 football team right now and things aren't right, and if you're just going to try to just continue to stay the course, you know, 
if you're if you're caught looking again this particular season you know status quo you can't like you can't keep serving status quo like it's hard not to understand it's easy to understand why people are getting restless in winnipeg because you thought that you've had a fighting chance now to compete for a great cup and right I still now like this team. the bombers don't like the, the bombers don't look like a team that can hang with edmonton or calgary right now i i still like this team i might i might be crazy I still like this team. I like I like their defense. Yeah, although, I you agree. Know, at times, I mean, they, I like their defense. who just gave up 500 yards to Bo Levi Mitchell, and for some reason, yeah. I'm saying I like them. I just I think they're good. I think they're good on three levels. I think they're I think their D line is good. Their linebacker core is good, and they have and they have a good secondary. They didn't play good in the second half last week, but I think this is a good team. And I, even offensively, Matt needs to play better. And you know what? They're their offensive line wasn't great last week either. That's that's been you know something that everyone's always raved about. But uh, you know I watched I watched the you know there wasn't a whole lot of holes for Andrew when he was running, and I don't think Andrew had his best game. Thirteen yards, he, thirteen he, yards he, for Andrew well, he Harris, by the way. Yeah. He didn't he didn't make anybody miss, and that's kind of you know that's one thing I saw. And we, I'm always I always praise Andrew when when he plays well, which he does often. <laughs> He's a great player, uh, but you got to make you got to make people miss, and, and a lot of times that's that's the difference between. You know, uh, picking up gains because a lot of times that first guy is 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 uh, you're gonna in order to get a, a big chunk run, you're gonna have to make somebody miss. And I didn't see I didn't see that uh, I didn't see holes being opened up, and I didn't see Andrew making people miss. And I think that combination, the run game was uh, stagnant. And uh, and then in the pass game, I, if you know if you can get to the quarterback with four, which Calgary was doing, that allows you to you know drop eight in coverage, seven in coverage, and and uh, and when you're doing that. Uh, you're gonna have guys double teamed. You're gonna have there's not gonna be a lot of windows to make throws. And Matt was not. He's not. I watched the film. He's not wrong when he says he dropped back and there wasn't guys open. He's not wrong. He's wrong for saying it, but he's right. There were, guys weren't open. Well, I mean, we, we've that. we've kicked this. We've beat this. Yeah, we've no, beat this I, worse down. Yeah, but, fair, yeah, no, fair enough. But I just like again, I'll say it again. How big is this weekend showdown with Sasky? Right, you know. How big? How big does this weekend loom? And and not just for the bombers, but you know, it goes back to the guy we were just talking about. You know, the the quarterback here. Yeah. You know, you know, this is you know, the pressure. Here, the here pressure is the pressure is huge right now. Yeah, them. yeah. The Sunday, Sunday. You know, Sasky, Winnipeg. Yeah, here we go. You know, don't sing it. Bring it, as we like to say. Uh, hey, look, uh, two things to, to kind of that kind of lead uh, from this conversation, just quickly while we have a chance. Uh, man, the stamps, uh, the stamps, uh, man, they're good. They are so good. And I, I just kind of mentioned the numbers. Um, you know, holding Andrew Harris to 13 yards rushing in a big game like that. Uh, Bo Levi Mitchell has really cranked it up here. Look at the last three games, Chess. Look, how about these numbers? 1,100 yards passing. Eight touchdowns, one pick for Bo Levi in the last three games. It's, you know, just when you you start looking at what Mike Riley's doing at one end, you go, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the guy. That's the guy. And then all of a sudden, it's like Bo Levi is just the last three weeks has said, hey, 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 I still got game. I still got game. Um, And Kamar Jordan last weekend setting a stamps record, almost 250 receiving yards, uh, smashing a 50-year-old record. Um... You know, look at the story of Kamar Jordan. Remember the the follies and everything that he went through. 
I'm going to sneeze. Oh, man, sorry. I just almost had a full-on sneeze attack here on a podcast. But I, I just want to say that Kamar Jordan, I know, and shook that off. Uh, Kamar Jordan, what a think game, about what, what a happened at the Grey Cup. What a game are you on, I know. Yeah, exactly. Perseverance. I was inspired by Kamar Jordan. Uh, but, yeah. man, like, what? Here, look at the season he's having. Look at the game that he has this past weekend uh, that the organization, you know, committed to this guy after, you know, an unfortunate Grey Cup moment. And, you know, hey, it's it's impressive to see. It's impressive to see what the Stamps are doing. Yeah, he was he was impressive. And Bo made some throws that uh, – here's – how about this? You take a look at some of the throws that Bo made and, uh, and that it will re- remind you why he's in the conversation for one of the, the league's best, best quarterback. He, was, uh, he made some throws that uh, – in coverage that uh, DeVaris Daniels' touchdown was – was one of them, but take a look. You, you guys want to see a nice throw? I take a look at that throw to Devaris Daniels on the touchdown. He has nowhere to go with the football. He throws it a back shoulder low ball um, between two defenders that uh, is as good of a throw as you're going to find. Uh, hey, listen, uh, we touched on uh, Chris Treveller real quickly just in terms of the drama that's happening in Winnipeg. He's a 23-year-old quarterback. There's another 23-year-old quarterback that's kind of making news uh, over the last couple of weeks here, and that's out of Montreal. And we're talking just turned in the last month or so, uh, Antonio Pipkin. Uh, what are you liking from what you're seeing? Because all of a sudden, you know, everybody's kind of – everybody's pump the brakes on Johnny Manziel all of a sudden to say, hey, let this kid play. He's just turned 23 here, Chez. Just turned 23, and there's a lot of people like uh, that like him. What do you like? I liked, I like his energy. I like his athleticism. The kid has an infectious a smile and attitude, the, the way he was out there. I was impressed by him and watching everything he did. And, you know, what? for a guy that's – to be there for, you know, obviously he was there in camp. Uh, he got caught in a numbers game, and Mike Sherman has said that he did not want to release Antonio, but they just got caught in a numbers game. And uh, he's come back, and, and he's, you know, he made some plays in that game. Uh, you know, we always talk about the running quarterback in the CFL, and he made some plays in that game that I, that I don't know if there's any other guy in the league right now that, that gets out of that, gets out of those jams. He made uh, – he made some athletic plays where, you know, a couple times his old line uh, just completely whipped. One time, Cleon Lang came in clean off the edge, and he made he made him miss, scrambled to the right, threw across his body like 45 yards for a completion to Lewis. Uh, another one where where uh, like three got three Argos came 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 in free, and he managed to Houdini out of it. He kicked out of a tackle and, and scrambled for 15 yards. He just He's explosively – he's an athletic quarterback, but he's explosive and strong and a big kid. He's uh, – it was Antonio Pipsy. And then you watch his competitiveness. Like, he was uh, uber competitive, like, fighting back with Marcus Ball in the goal line. You just saw his fight, his big smile. He just uh, – it was, it was nice to see. And like Mike Sherman said, there's no controversy, which that's – only we're making the controversy. He said he's just happy that he has a couple quarterbacks that can help them win. So it's uh, – Antonio Pipkins has been a – been a, a pleasant surprise, and uh, guess what else, James? We have a, we have a surprise in order because Antonio Pipkins is uh, is ready to join us here shortly. Like it, love it. Uh, just a couple of quick housekeeping items before we get to that. Uh, hey, it's almost time for back to school. Sport Clips, they want you to go back in style, so just make sure you head over to sportclips.ca slash 
BTS contest, that's right, B as in Bob, T as in terrific, and S as in Sanchez contest to enter for your chance to win tickets to a CFL game this season with a $100 merchandise gift card and 80 bucks in concession gift card to spend at the game. Think about all the hot dogs you can get with that. Uh, lots of secondary prizes to win too. Back to school kits, free haircuts, Adidas gear, school supplies. Check out sportclips.ca slash BTS contest for more details to enter. Also, we also have something really exciting to let you know about today. And that if Talk you're a me. diehard fan, you may have heard of it before. And if not, Here's just a little friendly reminder. It's now the third year in a row that the CFL's travel partner, redtag.ca, is giving you fans the opportunity to win the redtag.ca ultimate CFL fan trip, Chessie. Remember, it's that time of the year again. Once in a lifetime experience, you get to go to all three CFL games in three cities in three days. The contest currently underway. It closes Sunday, September 9th. All you got to do, check out redtag.ca slash CFL and sign up on the form that appears. The ultimate fan trip takes place week 16 on the 28th, 29th, and 30th of September. Winners start their journey. Get this, okay? You'll see the Argos and the Stamps in Calgary. Then you fly to Ontario, you watch the Lions take on the Tabbies, and then you head all the way to Montreal uh, in the province of Quebec to watch the Alouettes host the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Serious check off the bucket list, cross-country CFL journey for any true fan. Again, please enter by simply heading to redtag.ca slash CFL before September 9th to enter Last year's winners looked like they had an awesome time. They got treated to three games, a keg dinner, an Adidas shopping spree, and some awesome food at Mosaic. You can check out the recap video on the CFL's Instagram or Facebook page to just see for yourself that this is something you need to win. We're sure this year's winners are going to be in for the time of their lives, and we now look forward to the recap video that uh, that is going to come out here soon. Once again, big thanks to redtag.ca and the team at the CFL for putting this together, the redtag.ca ultimate CFL fan trip. Three games, three cities, three days. You can enter at redtag.ca slash CFL. There you go. Wow, you got me fired up, Seaball. Buddy, you had you me in, fired up. when I guess now? Yeah, I, totally. I just, man, I just got to say, like, you got me fired up when I saw your that video on, on the CFL's Instagram page where you're on the sidelines and you're pointing to, like, you can be sitting here watching on the side. Like, you looked cool, man. I just wanted to tell you that. I was just like, this guy looks so cool with all his Adidas swag, his nicely polished head, his beard That's, looking so good. Yeah, yeah you know, it's, uh, our friends at Pendo Farm also having a contest as well. So, uh, yeah, buddy, we're uh, lots of stuff going on and uh, lots of good uh, – lots of – Great partnerships and uh, and fun stuff hap- happening, but let's uh, we got uh, one of the league's young young stars waiting waiting to holler here. Uh, why don't we go and uh, and bring in our our guy uh, from Montreal from Montreal and the Alouettes? Let's bring in quarterback winning quarterback Antonio Pipkin. Let's boogie.
joining us on the line is a guy who, man, some people are already calling him Tony Football. Yeah. We're not talking about Johnny Manziel for a change right now because of what this guy's been doing the last few weeks in Montreal. Antonio Pipkin, welcome to the Waggle, sir. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for having me. All right. Tony Football. Do you like the sound of it? Yeah, man. I, that that name is just something I've heard just now, man. I, I don't really pay much attention to it. I just kind of like to go out and have fun with my guys. <laughs> Are you surprised at all at, uh, at how fast this is kind of happening for you here? Um, I'm not. I mean, I've prepared my whole life for a moment like this and been preparing the past months that I was at home for an opportunity. So when the opportunity came, um, I was pretty prepared for it. So when, so take me through this journey for you here, because you finished school, what, spring of 2017 and, you know, you get a chance, I think you get a, you get a rub with the Cardinals and that's kind of short lived. And then the Owls give you a chance. So take me through this journey, how, how you got to here from when you finished school. Um, that was it. Uh, go to during pre-draft. I finished school in the spring, do, do your pre-draft training, things like that. Man, with the Cardinals, as you said, uh, get released from there. Sit home for about a couple of weeks. I come up with the Owls. Um, right away, I didn't expect what I was sitting in, the situation I was sitting in, and and um, being a guy that's kind of under the radar, not really doing much, being uh, just like a practice roster guy, some things like that. Um, that was tough, dealing with that because you played the last 12 years of your life being the guy on the team. And um, that was a good learning moment and a good maturing moment for me to understand that I mean, it's a process to everything. Um, you got to take your time. You got to learn something. You got to learn from the guys that are driving a boat right there in, in that moment. And um, then fast forward to this season, coming into training camp, kind of knowing that uh, Darian Durant was released and things like that that um, having a feeling that maybe the job was going to be open. And um, we get in training camp, and it's just not going how, you, how you're planning it. Um, your your training camp is going well, but you're just not kind of getting the vibe that you want. And then um, you kind of have some sort of feeling, and then the, the tap on the shoulder comes where you got to go home. Um, that's probably one of the scariest moments right there because you feel like your life is over and, and re- you really have nothing, nothing else going because what you've been working so hard your whole life for is just kind of thrown in the trash. And during that moment at home, I just kind of enjoyed time with my family, with my girlfriend, my, my friends, and working out and kind of trying to be a better person mentally and mentally stable and understanding that I was young. Um, I have an opportunity that's going to come again and understanding that God has a plan and it's a calling in your life. So during them times, that's what I was doing. I was focused. I was trying to be prepared so when the next opportunity came, I could just seize the moment. Yeah, that's, I mean, I think you probably had that a few times, right? I mean, I'm guessing growing up, you probably aren't thinking about the idea of going to the Canadian Football League. So when does that even become an option? When did you hear about the CFL or or when did you start thinking that that might be an option? Like, does that come while you're in college? Does that come post uh, Cardinals cut? Like, wh- how, where does that go? Um, honestly, for me, CFL becoming a, a real option was probably definitely uh, post Cardinals cut. 
um, everybody dreams to play in the NFL, things like that. And, um, how I grew up, it was um, I was always the why not guy. Everybody tells you, you know, you can't do it. Um, it's impossible. It's only a dream. And I was always like, why not me? I can do it no matter what the circumstances were. And um, that was just my mindset. So after the the Arizona cut, it was just like, okay, reality check here. And it was just one of those things where it was like, um, you have an opportunity to go to the CFL. So was, I was just all for it. You got to understand that God has a plan for everybody. And this just was my plan. So had you ever even been to Canada before coming up for this from a CFL standpoint? No. No, prior <laughs> to the CFL. I visited once, but not really. When you get that call to say, hey, your dreams have been realized. You're going to get a chance to come play in Canada. Like, What's your reaction? Like, Are you like, are, are you crazy? Uh, what's is, is this serious? Like, for real? Like, do I want to even do this? Like, what, what was that like? For, for me, I was excited. I was excited for the opportunity, man. There's only so many professional teams in the world, and you you, you get the opportunity to be on one of them. You get the opportunity to do what you love every single day and, and be blessed enough to get a paycheck to do it. So uh, for me, I didn't look down upon the league. I didn't look down upon the opportunity. I was extremely grateful and excited to get on the plane and come up to Canada to play football. So it, it, it's clicking for you right now. Um, you know, you certainly had to bide your time. It's, you know, it was almost like, let's try everybody that can throw a pass before we finally get to Antonio. Um, why is it clicking for you now? It's just opportunity. Um, you can't control certain things. Um, as a player, there's a, there's a lot of things on the business side that you have zero control over, and that's what I just had to remind myself is, Control what you can control. Continue to have fun. Don't let the joy slip away. And um, right now is one of those times where it's just all kind of paying off. And I'm just excited. And I'm just going to continue to have fun. So you're you're from Gary, Indiana is where you're from originally, right? Yes. All right. Well, you know, of course, when I, when I think of Gary, Indiana, you know what I'm thinking. Two things, either Michael Jackson or a lot of bad news. No, man, I was thinking Tito Jackson. Come on. Who's Michael? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tell me this. I mean, obviously, um, you know, Gary, Indiana is the home of the Jacksons and Michael. Um, is there a lot of, uh, are there a lot of gimmicks and lots of signs that, that mention that? Or is there a whole lot of tourism stuff built around the Jacksons or not really? No, not really. Uh, it was just recently, just a few years ago when they put a little, a nice statue in his in his old home in his front yard and a gate around his home, but um, it's not it's not as big as a lot of people think. I mean, certain times of year, like his birthday and uh, rest of his soul, but the anniversary of his death, those tend to get some attraction dates at his at his own home. But that's just about it. It's kind of one of them things where you're from there, so it's like you're used to it. Are you uh, are you a Michael guy? Oh man, love Michael. Michael got all the good hits. Now, do you have a favorite song? Man, I don't, I don't think I have a favorite Michael song. Maybe maybe the one where they do uh, We Are The World with Lionel Richie and everybody else. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's going that's going back. See, man, I know this is all oh, yeah, before your time. See, this is all before your time. But, man, like, I grew up at a time, like, when Thriller dropped and I was a kid. 
Like we were all trying to moonwalk on the street. You know, you know how everybody flosses now. Like every kid's trying to floss, or you know, even you know, <laughs> grown grown men, grown women. They, everybody's trying to floss. It feels like that's what everybody was trying to do with the moonwalk when Michael showed that off like 35 years ago. Just to give you perspective here from an old oh, guy yeah. here, there, Antonio. <laughs> Oh, yeah. When I was young, and I used to definitely try to walk as well. Oh. <laughs> nice. Well, we finally, we bonded as a guy who was born in Ottawa, Canada, in Ontario, and here you are growing up in Gary, Indiana, and we are bonded by the moonwalk and, and this podcast now as well, the waggle. So, so who is Antonio Pipkin when he's not on the playing field? Like, what do you do? What do you like to do? I just hang out. I'm not a big party guy. I hang out. I read some things. I, I study football some more. <laughs> um, just relax, really. I like to enjoy my downtime. I kind of like to enjoy my uh, alone time. Um, I tend to, I like to eat, try different restaurants, try different foods, um, kind of get out and, and sightsee a bit, take some vacations when, when you have appropriate time. But I'm not really that interesting to me. I, I'm, I'm pretty boring on my end. Sorry. I don't like to... TV shows. Getting to the nightlife. Video games. I used to be really big on TV shows. I played a game. I played a game. I, I played a game. I used to be really big on TV shows. I'm about to get into power myself. Keep hearing about it, so I'm going to get into that, binge watch that. But um, I used to be big on TV shows, but now I just kind of relax and kind of catch up on life with a lot of old friends, girlfriends, family, and just kind of stay connected there and communicating. And what video games do you play? Play some, some 2K, some Grand Theft Auto, Fortnite, as everybody's playing nowadays. Man. I walked into a, a store the other day, and, and two young guys were screaming, saying, I'm done with Fortnite. They're, they've stopped making it fun, all these upgrades. There's too much now. You can't, you, can't hide in, you can't hide in the wall. You can't hide in buildings anymore. It's too hard. People were just frustrated. People are starting to tap out of Fortnite, I think. Yeah, some people, some people can. I mean, it's a, it's a game when you're good, you have fun, but when you're bad, it's like you give up. But I enjoy it in my free time. It's something to do. Fair enough. Hey, listen, thank you very much for uh, for taking the time with us. Uh, is there any social media game you got? Can people find you or follow you anywhere? Um, capital T underscore P-I-P-2. That's about it on on Instagram and Twitter. All right. Keep it clean out there, okay? Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> Antonio Pipkin from the Montreal Alouettes making it happen, joining us here this week on The Waggle. <laughs>